Hi, this is Dr. Mike Chupp, and welcome back to CMDA Matters, the weekly podcast of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. Well, if you're listening to this week's episode on the day of release, then you are listening on the opening day of our 2023 CMDA National Convention. We have been preparing and praying for this event for many months now, and I really hope that I get to see some of you in person. We're expecting a record number of attendees with more than a thousand people registered to join us starting today at the Northern Kentucky Convention Center just across the river from downtown Cincinnati, Ohio. If you've not yet registered, there's actually still a chance for you to attend virtually and participate in all of our live main plenary sessions. Virtual registration is now open, so just visit natcon.cmda.org for more details. By the way, if you're at the convention this weekend, I would love to hear from you just how CMDA has made a difference in your journey as a Jesus follower in healthcare. You can message me on the CMDA Go app or catch me in a hallway or in the exhibit hall or after one of our sessions in the main meeting room. Our guest on this week's episode is Mrs. Cassie Lehman. She was instrumental last year in helping us get Dallas Jenkins to the National Convention in Indianapolis and is actually one of our exhibitors at the convention this weekend. So I'm grateful that she agreed to join our Vice President of Stewardship, Mr. George Courtney, and me in advance of our big event on the Ohio River this spring. So keep on listening, and we'll be discussing biblically responsible stewardship over the resources that God has entrusted to each one of us. Well, today on CMDA Matters, I want to welcome a special guest, Mrs. Cassie Lehman. She's the president of Beacon Wealth Consultants and director of institutional sales for LightPoint Portfolios. She's actually a former physical therapist who went on to become a financial advisor. She has been around the block making lots of presentations, including at national conferences for Kingdom Advisors. Some of us are familiar with that organization. The C12 Group, as well as CMDA. And she's been a radio guest on Money Wise with Rob West and uh, Janet Parshall and In the Market She partners with business owners and churches to better understand their company retirement plans, to make them as efficient and cost-effective as possible, and to help other financial advisors and business owners to better understand their fiduciary responsibilities in their 401k plans and 403b plans. She's actually also an author, something that she has been working harder on these last couple, three years. And she wrote, I found Jesus in the stock market and also the retirement game for nurses. You're going to be writing the retirement game for physicians one of these days, Cassie? Oh, you never know. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Well, I'm joined today to help keep me in a straight line on the straight and narrow, uh, Mr. George Courtney, who's our vice president of uh, stewardship. Welcome, George. Well, thank you, Mike. It's great to be with you today. Well, Cassie, I first got introduced to you and became familiar with who you are and your organization, your company, at the National Convention last year for CMDA in Indianapolis because you helped us be able to invite someone that is world-renowned and who drew a number of people to come to our National Convention. I had I sat in the back of the convention center there, uh, the room, 
with two family practice residents who said, Dr. Chupp, we just want you to know that we only have a little bit of vacation and we would never have come to the national convention if it weren't for the fact that you invited Mr. Dallas Jenkins. So thank you, Cassie, for helping us to invite Dallas to come and be a special speaker. Well, you are so welcome. It was just as exciting for us as it was for your conference attendees. Well, Cassie, we are very grateful for the way that uh, you and uh, Beacon Wealth has invested in CMDA's mission and vision of changing the world through healthcare professionals. And so thank you so much for that. Uh, as the president of Beacon Wealth Consultants, tell us just a little bit about yourself and about uh, Beacon Wealth and your role there. Well, our firm started in the late 90s. We've been in business for over 25 years. And my husband, Rick Lehman, our CEO, started our company. And really early on, he learned about faith-based investing. And so that has always been a part of our story. And then we met at an industry conference in 2012. To be honest with you, be transparent, I had been away from the church for over 20 years mm. when I met him. And he was so passionate about faith-based investing, he couldn't stop talking about it. And he wanted me to know about it. And I thought, mm, this guy is just a little too churchy. You know, I was very skeptical about the idea of faith-based investing. I didn't think that it would work. It felt like maybe this is just like a little marketing gimmick. But he really encouraged me to learn about you know, the Bible and what God says about money. And through that process, that's really what brought me back to the church. It brought me back to reading the Bible, recommitting my life to Christ, which when I wrote the book, I found Jesus in the stock market. That's where that story comes from. It was really learning about faith-based investing that brought me back to the church. So when we got married in 2012, which I call our marriage and acquisition, I joined in with Beacon Wealth and became very passionate about faith-based investing, which we're going to talk a little bit about today. But really what that means is we want to invest in the types of companies and business practices that help people to grow and flourish. I mean, that's a, its most basic. And uh, I just got very passionate about that. And really the way that I describe it, I say that investing is praying with our dollars, right? Because we're not going to invest in a company that we don't want to do well. We want all of these companies to do well. That's why we're investing. But when you mm. put your money in a company, you're praying this company is going to grow and flourish and do more of what it's already doing. And so if you are investing even unknowingly in things, business practices you don't agree with, you're helping them to grow and flourish. And so that idea really had a big impact on me. So my whole client book of business, I moved over to faith-based investing. And uh, now, as you mentioned in my introduction, one of the things I'm really passionate about is working with churches and Christian business owners and other you know, Christian organizations in their retirement plans to help all of their employees be able to invest in a way that aligns with their faith. Well, Cassie, there aren't too many financial advisors who have in their history that they're a trained physiotherapist. How did you get from physiotherapist to financial planner advisor? It was mostly following God's call, even though I didn't realize at the time that that's what I was doing. So starting out as a physical therapist, you know, I really learned how to take great care of people, how to put their fears at ease, 
I loved being a physical therapist, but in my hospital, then there were opportunities where, you know, I got a master's degree in adult education. I was working uh, with the client satisfaction surveys and that sort of thing when they said, oh, you should go get your MBA. So I got an MBA in finance and it was just one step after the other that I just kept doing what I thought was I was being called to do. And then when I left the hospital, interestingly, about six months later, one of our hospitals closed in our health system and they brought me back to help educate all of the the employees at the hospital about what they were going to do with their finances. And so uh, it is not a path that would seem clear to anyone from the outside, but it's just built over time. And all my skills that I learned, you know, in the hospital, I apply now working with clients in terms of, you know, taking good care of them and being able to educate them and alleviate their fears when it comes up. And maybe give them a greater range of monetary motion, if you will. Yes. Absolutely. Cassie, as we've been listening to you, uh, it's evident that you're very passionate about faith-based investing. Why is that important for the Christian? Well, there are a couple of different things that I think about in faith-based investing. One, it has a personal impact, and I have shared with you about the personal impact it's had for me. I feel like when you feel like you're square with God and your money, that is a really good feeling and a good place (laughs) to be. So that's a first piece. But you also, you know, you can have some impact here on earth with your money today by the kinds of companies that you're investing in. So if you are investing in great companies that are helping other people, you're helping to change the world that we live in to be a blessing and investing in companies that have great products. They take good care of their employees. They're active in their communities. That feels really good. But there's also an eternal impact, right? So at the end of our lives, we all want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Mm. And so if we really think about how God would have us invest his money, because it is, even though it's hard for us to think about that in that way, you know, we really want to have an eternal impact. So I think there's a lot of ways that we can think about the positive impact that our money can make. How has faith-based investing transitioned or changed maybe over the last five to 10 years? And where's it headed? What is the opportunities? Well, it's a very exciting time. So back when we got started in the late 90s, there was, I think, only one fund company that we would call faith-based fund. And so by the time I came into the space, more around 2012, there were a couple more fund companies. And it's been interesting to be in this space for the last 10 years and just see how many more advisors are committed to more of a faith-based approach to investing. That's growing exponentially every year. And also the companies that are offering more funds. And you know, how do we get more offerings? This is how we vote with our dollars. If you're invested in faith-based funds and faith-based companies, it helps them to grow. It helps firms to see that this is where the interest is. We need to have more of that. And we really can gain momentum together to have more and better products over time. So I think it's really exciting. I think we're hitting a tipping point where it's just going to get bigger and bigger over time. For our listeners today, I'm sure there's someone out there thinking, Hmm. I wonder if the yield on my investment is as good as it is if I was just investing in the market. 
and not considering faith as a part of uh, my investment strategy or working from that direction. What, what would be your response to that today, Cassie? Well, I will admit to you that was my fear as an advisor when I was starting to move into this space. So I had already gotten to the place where I said, okay, I do believe this is how God wants me to invest my money, but I also need to be a good fiduciary to my clients. So I can't say to them, oh, invest this way and you're going to not make as much money, but that's okay. I mean, you have to be a good fiduciary also. It's a mix. So there have been a lot of studies done about values-based investing that show that just because you're investing according to values, and often that means removing some companies from the lineup, that you can still have a very competitive return. One of the screening companies that we work with, when I say screening, I mean that helps us decide what kinds of business practices to invest in. They have done studies over the last two decades that show if you compare the S&P 500 to a screened portfolio over that time, the returns are almost the same. Wow. So I give people that encouragement and that peace that investing this way does not mean that you have to sacrifice returns. And in fact, if you think about this in the long term, if you are eliminating companies that maybe are going to be in business practices that are not ethical, they're facing lawsuits and those sorts of things, it's potential that you could even do better over time, right? So you want to be really looking at companies who are making a great impact. And I think that will always be a good investment. Cassie, I wanted to ask another term or phrase for this kind of investing is biblically responsible investing. And I I know that phrase because our board has spent the last probably three or four years taking a deep dive for CMDA. The last thing we want is any one of our members or someone else out there, especially on the other side in terms of some of these issues we believe in saying, well, but wait a second, you're investing these things with your CMDA's money. But when people come to the table and they talk to you about faith-based investing, I'm sure there's a quite a diversity of perspectives on what that means. Mm -hmm. How often does it have nothing to do with biblical ethics and or what we biblically consistent bioethics like sanctity of life and you know issues of pornography and and uh, marriage as defined how often is it totally no- has nothing to do with that in a client's mind so one of the questions we will always ask someone when we meet for the first time we'll say are there any you know companies or business practices that you would prefer not to invest in because of your faith or other values and sometimes they have a specific idea about that but oftentimes they'll say i don't know what you're talking about what do you mean i can go back and explain to them our philosophy about investing and these different things that we're looking at like abortion and pornography and addictions and you know they might say well it doesn't say in the bible don't invest in cigarettes in tobacco. But then I'll explain to them, you know, a story about the way tobacco companies grow is by getting kids addicted to cigarettes. So, you know, is that specifically biblical? Perhaps not. But we tie that in with not doing anything that would cause our brother to stumble. So we're just looking at how can we be a blessing in the world? And oftentimes, you know, individuals don't really know all the, even the questions to ask about this. So we, over 25 years, have put together this entire list of things that we 
say we would prefer not to invest in because they are harmful to people. And so clients don't necessarily have to come up with their own list. We just share with them what our perspective is after 25 years of, of doing this kind of investing. Would you agree, Cassie, that it can get pretty tricky because what our board has discovered is that that a lot of these companies that are are big and you know that we're all familiar with are beginning to do some virtue signaling and and doing some things and it and to eliminate the kind of practices and support of certain groups that have values very different from a, uh, biblical values that it eliminates a lot of companies out there and so it becomes really tricky depending on how much you want to turn up that rheostat of completely biblically consistent values. So how do you how do you how do you deal with that? So we use four different screening tools because as you're saying, every company has a different definition of that. So we want to look at uh, what does the company say that it's doing and what is it actually doing? And there's a lot of research involved in this. And as you're saying, this is very difficult for an individual to do. So we have a chief investment officer and an investment team that's completely dedicated to this. And we read all the prospectuses and we take all the screening data. And then we use what we call our discernment approach. So you can have all this objective data and it can say different things, but there are five of us that get together at least once a month and we talk about it and we say, we have to be a good fiduciary, but we also don't want to invest in these um, companies that go against our biblical values. And so we really talk it out together, five of us, and try to make the very best decision that we can make that balances out the screening and being a good fiduciary. Well, Cassie, we've been talking for a little while about uh, faith-based investing and uh, the approach that Beacon takes in this whole journey. I want to turn the channel just for a moment and think about those listening today that are maybe in between advisors and beginning to think about how do I interview and select an advisor? Do you have any wisdom for our listeners today? Sure. So the first thing I would look at is, especially if you're looking for a values alignment, is to find a Christian advisor. Dr. Chup, you mentioned you're familiar with Kingdom Advisors. That's a great place to find a Christian advisor. And then I would ask questions about how they are implementing faith-based or biblically responsible investing. I meet people all the time who say, my advisor is a Christian, so I know that they would never invest in these kind of companies, but they've never had that conversation. So I really encourage them to say what it's important to you about faith-based investing and how do you implement this in your practice and, and to really learn about how that advisor is, is implementing faith-based investing. There's always a balance, though, just like when we talked about screening. And you also want to have an advisor who's well-versed in comprehensive financial planning. So part of getting ready for retirement and generous giving is planning. So we want to know, you know, your goals and your dreams and how you're how you want to live that out and make a, a concerted effort years before you retire to point you in the right direction. So those are the two things that I think are important, the planning piece and the values alignment for your investments. I have a number of brothers, one of which uh, and I, we had a chance a couple of weekends ago to talk, and uh, he was quizzing me and 
on uh, my perspectives on saving for retirement and financial advisors and some principles to follow. And he um, strongly advised me to think about asking a question of my advisor that I'd never asked that advisor before, frankly, because we have such a long trusting relationship. But in terms of finding someone willing to work for a particular percentage on the investments to, to take away one or 2% versus a commission basis. And what are your thoughts? My brother came away strongly urging me never to have someone who's on commission for any instruments because that means they're going to look for the instruments in which they make the most money. So I, I'm, I, I want to hear from Cassie about that. Sure. So we are a fee-only firm. So I am in agreement that that is a good way to go. Mm -hmm. So when you are an advisor, and in my first part of my career, I worked under commission. It's very tempting, even if you always want to do the right thing, to know that you can make a sale and have a big payout right up front. It is very tempting. So by being fee only, we feel like it puts us on the same side of the table with our clients. So would you do better? We do better. You know, if we have a year where your investments are down and you're feeling like, wow, I'm making less, we're making less, it puts us in a better partnership. And also the other thing I found on the commission-based side is sometimes after you make a sale, then you never hear from the advisor again because they've made their money. They don't. They need to move on to the next person. For me, being fee-based removed a lot of those temptations or conflicts of interest. Let me ask you this. In light of faith-based investing, uh, value-based investing, what's the biggest aha moment that you see with clients uh, whenever you start introducing the concept of faith-based investing? Well, I think that we have been in the church trained to think about money and tithing. So we think about once the tithe is finished, the 10%, the rest of the money is mine. But when we think about values-based investing, right, if God owns it all, there's really this other piece of what's happening with the 90%. So people have tended not to think about their investments and the actual companies that they're investing in. And one of those reasons, for example, is, you know, now mutual funds are very big. Everybody's not investing in an individual company, right? Years ago, you knew the company, what they were doing in that company. Maybe you knew the owner of the company. But with mutual funds, it's not really transparent, all the things that you're investing in. And so people think of it as this abstract concept, like I'm investing in the market. And they don't think about the individual companies and business practices they're investing in. So when we start to share stories, like I shared about, you know, tobacco or or alcohol or gambling or pornography, and we say, if you're investing in this company, X percent of this fund is in this business practice that you don't agree with, that's where the light bulbs go off, where you can actually look at their investments and say, here's the kind of business practices that you are investing in right now. And it's, sometimes it's shocking. And that, I think, is the thing that gets people on board with looking at faith-based investing and to be excited about the kinds of companies that you're invested in. As we think about, you mentioned mutual funds is the whole move to the growth in mutual funds caused a greater challenge in order to invest from a faith-based perspective? Or is that is there mutual funds out there that would align with the faith value investment strategy? Yeah. Well, the challenging part 
about you know, mutual funds or ETFs is you don't always know exactly what business practices you're invested in. Although you can have your portfolio screened and find that out. I mean, that's one of the services that we provide. And so I think that's a good thing to do if you have questions about that. But the truth is there are more and more funds that are available. You know, the average investor doesn't always have the amount of money to invest that makes it wise to be in individual stocks. And so by investing in mutual funds or ETFs, it does decrease your risk by spreading that money into a bunch of different companies. So there's kind of two sides to it, right? So it's sometimes difficult to see what the funds are invested in, but also there are more and more funds that are investing in a way that would align with faith values. Cassie, I wanted to ask, you know, over the years as I was serving overseas as a cross-cultural missionary and was faith-based support, uh, really relied heavily on the generosity of God's people, occasionally I would get a message from one of my donors, Mike, I'm coming up on retirement and I'm, a, I'm afraid to tell you I'm, I'm not going to be able to support you anymore. Now, praise God, in a couple of those situations, what they realized is that they had underestimated how well they would do in retirement, and they came right back on board a short time later, but for many not. So what advice would you have for our listeners who are supporting those doing uh, ministry, faith-based ministry, on how they can prepare to continue to be able to give generously in the future, even after they slow down in their professional lives, their working lives, but still want to give for God's work? Yeah, there's, there's two things I would say. First, plan, plan, plan. So working with your financial advisor, and one of the things we always plan for is how much are you going to need in retirement? And we think about expenses, but your giving should also be a part of that, right? We include that as part of you know, your financial plan. So thinking ahead about how much I'm going to need to also be able to continue to do the giving that I want to do. In addition to that, there are some tax-efficient strategies that can be used in retirement, right? Like giving out of your IRA or, you know, there are all kinds of tips, especially I'm going to direct you towards George in the stewardship development department at CMDA. Mm -hmm. There are all kinds of great tax efficient ways that you can give that makes a lot of sense. And so those two things in combination, planning for the giving ahead of time, but also using tax efficient strategies for your giving, I think will really set you up for being able to continue the kind of generous giving that you want to do in retirement. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today, Cassie, on CMDA Matters. How can folks get in touch with you if they have any questions or want to check more out about Beacon Wealth? Sure. Uh, you could just go to our website, beaconwealth.com, and you can learn more. Uh, if you are with an organization, you could go to lightpointportfolios.com. And so that's a way, you know, we have kingdomk.com for 401ks. Uh, there are lots of ways you can reach us that way, depending on what your needs are. And uh, we would love to you know, have a conversation and, and help people who are interested in bringing their faith values into their investing. Thank you so much for being with us today, Cassie. As always, it is enlightening and uh, informative, and our lives have been made much richer today because of your time and investment with us. Well, thank you so much for having me.
After listening to Cassie talk today about her work with Beacon Wealth, I hope that you'll agree with me that she is incredibly passionate about the work they do. Beacon's mission is to inspire, equip, and guide their clients in becoming faithful stewards of the resources of time, talent, and treasure entrusted to their care. Plus, they seek to advance the work of many Christian churches as well as parachurch ministries by encouraging charitable giving. It's great for us here at CMDA to connect with like-minded organizations, especially those that share our beliefs and want to follow God's Word as they invest. I hope you'll take a few minutes and visit Beacon's website to learn more. You could even contact Cassie and her team directly through their website to set up a meeting. That web address again is beaconwealth.com. Oh, and be sure to stop by and see Cassie at the Beacon Wealth booth in the exhibit hall. We've actually got more than 60, it's a record, 60 exhibitors lined up to greet you at the convention this weekend. So please set aside some time to stroll through the exhibit hall and meet some great folks from some great organizations who would love to meet you. You know, it worked out perfectly for George to join me as co-host for this interview because being good stewards of the gifts that the Lord has given to us is also a major focus of the work that George and his stewardship department do each and every day. They would be glad to talk to you about the resources that we have available to be good stewards and how to protect your assets and how to provide for your loved ones all while building God's kingdom. They can help you learn about maximizing your income, about increasing your tax efficiency and much more. CMDA's stewardship team has a combined 80 plus years of experience helping people steward their resources and live generously. And they're here to serve you. You can just email them using the address stewardship at cmda.org. You can also take the time to call them using 888-230-2637 or visit our website cmda.org giving. You are invited to join us for a CMDA Biblical Tour in 2023. These tours are unlike any other because each tour includes incredible Bible teaching and cultural experiences. Plus, you will meet other Christian healthcare professionals and create friendships that will last a lifetime. Tours this year are headed to Greece, Italy, Israel, and more. Visit cmda.org tours to learn more and to register. And don't wait. Each tour is limited to around 50 participants each, and they fill up quickly. So make your reservations today. Thank you, Jamie, for that announcement. And she left out the tour that my wife Pam and I will be leading in October, a tour to the country of Turkey, the seven churches of Revelation. So check it out online, and Pam and I would love to have you join us in Turkey. Well, before we close, I've got one additional announcement for you. CMDA is increasingly called on by the national media to give perspectives on topics like abortion, transgenderism, assisted suicide, and many more, like right of conscience. From congressional testimony to network television, God continues to open doors for us at CMDA to amplify the voice of Christian healthcare professionals on these critical life issues of our day. 
If you're interested, I want to encourage you to attend our upcoming Voice of CMDA media training. It'll be on August 18th and 19th, 2023. This is a two-day training and is designed to teach you how to use the media as an educational tool and to sharpen your skills as a CMDA media representative. We will use real-life examples to share a proven methodology that works even in the most hostile situations. Plus, we will explore how advocacy and media, they work hand-in-hand together, and how to prepare to use your media skills to testify before your own state legislature. Participation is limited to only 12 attendees in order that we can provide excellent one-on-one training. So visit cmda.org slash events now to reserve your space. God willing, I'll be back next week with an interview that will be hot off the presses from this weekend's convention. A good friend of mine, Dr. Augustin Lutakwa, he's a general surgeon from South Africa and he's the Congress Director for the International Christian Medical and Dental Associations, the World Congress that's going to be held in Arusha, Tanzania this June 2023. We're actually going to be doing a live interview with him on stage during the convention and you'll be able to hear it as recorded live on Friday evening, April 28th, next week. As always, if you'd like to suggest a future guest for us on the podcast, you can email us at cmdamatters at cmda.org. And if you like our podcast, you hear it every week, but please be sure to give us a five-star rating and share us on your favorite social media platform. As I close this week's episode, I want to remind you of what Jesus said in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verse 38. He said, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. It'll be pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. Christ sure spent a lot of time talking about money in the scripture, and I'm thankful for people like Cassie and the team at Beacon Wealth who are dedicated to following God's word and are actively helping others to glorify God and use their investing as an act of worship. And like this scripture says, when we give to Jesus Christ, our gifts will be returned in full. It's a great reminder for us all this week as we seek to use our gifts and our talents to bring the hope and healing of Christ to the world. That is what matters to CMDA friends and CMDA matters. We'll see you next week. And if you're here at the convention, maybe sooner, Lord willing. Bye for now. This podcast has been a production of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. The opinions expressed by guests on this podcast are not necessarily endorsed by the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. CMDA is a nonpartisan organization that does not endorse political parties or candidates for public office. The views expressed on this podcast reflect judgments regarding principles and values held by CMDA and its members and are not intended to imply endorsement of any political party or candidate.